Hello and welcome to Everything EFL. To my regular listeners, welcome back. To my new listeners, you are most welcome and this is a great episode to start on. As I've said before on Instagram, I think it's just, it's a fabulous place where you can find really good support and just some fabulous teachers to talk with, to get ideas from. And there's one that I follow on Instagram. I just think she's fantastic. She's got this warmth that kind of emanates across cyberspace. And I'm sure, I'm certain that if you ask her students, they will say that they absolutely adore her. So I'm very excited to introduce Wanda Atkins from WA Workshops. Hi, this is Erin and welcome to Everything EFL my little podcast about English language teaching and other teachy stuff too. Credit and honourable mentions will be given during the episode or in the show notes. Let's crack on. Wanda, welcome to Everything EFL. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) This is totally awesome. It certainly is. I've been wanting to have you on for a while because um, I just think that you have this real kind of, like I said, warmth and openness. And we've we've had chats before and I just think that your attitude to your students is fantastic. And that's what I'd love to explore with you today. So before we go any further, why don't you let the listeners know who you are? My name is Wanda. I'm American and Trinidadian and I'm a teacher uh, that does ESL in Europe. So I'm in France right now. I've been teaching for more than 15 years, but mostly to companies. That's an interesting type of career because at first some people do it because when you go to a foreign country, you speak English and it's the first job you get. But um, I had already been teaching before without realizing that I can make a career out of it. So what happened is that um, while I was teaching in companies, I just realized I had my own unplugged way of doing it. I could not follow any kind of (laughs) singular type of teaching, but uh, I saw how it really engaged the students. And um, yeah, it's just uh, something that um, inspired people to do different things. And uh, yeah, so today I'm independent because I was um, working for language schools before um, but I'm doing half and half and like everybody's doing a little bit of something it's the hustle today it's the yep, hustle that's it. uh, uh, but today I'm, I'm independent so I coach in English meaning that if people have projects in English I help them with that and I continue also with the companies for whatever they need so yeah for me it's it's really rewarding because I can see how people make progress how they're more confident it's it's great to see the imagination they can have at the same time. Yeah, I love it. I've said it before, but I, I love it when that light switch goes on. Mm. You know, you see their demeanor changing, you see their confidence growing. It's it's amazing. Um, question. I mean, you said something about you couldn't follow a singular way of teaching. Is there a singular way of teaching? Should there be? Or is it a matter of just sort of picking and choosing? Well, there there is no really should in the in the whole thing. Whereas before, that's the way it was seen, and um, I know I, people have tried to train me to do the singular way. But yeah, I I don't think there's any um, singular way of teaching. I think uh, that was done for a certain period of time, and we see that today. The results of that are that people just don't not a lot of people speak foreign languages because of that singular type. Not saying that it was wrong. It's just that it didn't accommodate the fact that we have different ways of learning. Uh, the way of teaching now, you have to encompass all of that. 
because uh, it needs to be diverse. Yeah, and I also think that you have to accommodate how the brain actually works as well. And I'm not 100% convinced that, you know, reading grammar rules, um, you know, and setting it out in this kind of rules-based way that most course books do, I'm, I'm not convinced that is the best thing for our brains either. And you've also got that side of things, and I'm sure you'll agree with me that there has to be a certain level of comfort, safety, and confidence as well. Um, and unless you really work hard to instill that in your group as well, the learning barriers are just going to go up because, well, there are a million reasons, but... Um, yeah, it's... I usually have people... Well, not usually. Sometimes I have people do a kind of like an evaluation of, of that exactly to find out where they are. And uh, in the beginning when we're learning... I know how to ask the questions to find out which which type. And, and after that, I kind of cater the class or customize the class around that. And then once people start to react toward, to that, then I say that we're going to try to have you learn how to use your other senses or other ways of learning. So it becomes a new experience, which could be a bit uncomfortable for some. But in the end, you know, they're able to blend all of them together. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think an aspect of that is gently encouraging. I'm not going to say pushing because I don't think it's, it's a good idea to push anyone, but getting students to feel that they can step outside of their comfort zone and try kind of new things. And oh, that's also what I want to encourage teachers to do as well. So this is one of the reasons I've brought you on because I'm really excited because you spoke about doing activities where students actually lead the activities and they teach you something or they teach something yes, that's right isn't I, it? yeah yes i really encourage that <laughs> i really because i learned something woo, woo. <laughs> at the same time and do students often learn something about themselves as well well they do because uh, they realize woo, maybe number one i can do this number two people are actually interested and number three how can we learn more you know it's it's it really goes off into all different directions in the end it's like oh I, if i can do this i can do other things too you know so it's really a confidence builder that's it's so important especially for younger learners as well like I mean I'm in my 40s now and I'm only really discovering the confidence that I can actually do things you know that usually the devil on my shoulder would be going nah you can't do that and it's only now that I'm going do you know what I'm not listening to you uh, you know and if I'd had that 20 years ago you know who knows who knows but you know it's where you are now and what's great yeah. is that you're open to it you know, because exactly. if you think about the systems that we, you know, the establishments where we learned before, that was not really encouraged. You know, no. whereas, you know, it really wasn't. So the people who did do it in the past were kind of seen as, you know, they were categorized as other, <laughs> we could say. Yeah. And also, you know, you in, in this level, um, in this line of work, you come across cultures and nationalities that you know, they don't have any kind of openness to that or, or confidence level or critical thinking skills. And as teachers, I think we really have a responsibility to teach those things, to, to develop them as people, not just teach them a language. Everything should be should be wrapped up into that, you know, not just the, the I'm going to teach you the present perfect today. It's I'm going to teach you the present perfect, but I'm also somehow going to try and teach you to be a better person. <laughs> Well, I, I try to say that, especially when I'm working in companies, I explain that you're going to learn English, but it's going to be an experience. You're going to have a cultural experience. I'm going to learn your culture. You're going to learn my culture. And, uh, and it's going to be strange from time to time. <laughs>
but we'll get along in the end, you know, because we'll try to understand each other and we'll, you know, it's it's creating open-mindedness. Absolutely. I think that's the key to so many positive things in life. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, when you like do an activity where the students are leading it, do you do sort of like um, a reflection at the end of it? saying what did you learn or do you just kind of leave them to figure it out themselves the end of the activity i just i i do ask for feedback in a sense what's what did they get out of the whole experience because yeah. it is an experience and um very often they're usually surprised by some of the things that they've created or done it's like wow i didn't realize i could actually do that <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> yeah and that's you a can. massive that's a massive dopamine kick as well yeah. for them yeah. you know yeah. fantastic really. Because, you know, they say, if I start here, oh, I can do so many other things too. <laughs> Absolutely. that That's the thing as well, confidence building. It's its mm. so important. So if you are, I'm, I'm going to ask you for a few of your favorite activities in a moment, but what things do you need to consider when you're setting up an activity where the students are going to lead it or, or are going to teach something? Because I know that in a company environment, it's a little bit different. Um you have to the students of course are number one you have to figure out who will be able to accept the information because the person who's leading the activity has to keep everyone in line so maybe weeks before but people usually recognize if there's a group you know certain people might need more time to understand you know to make things clearer learning how to repeat and to be patient you know that's one of the biggest things but usually if we're already in stage of, of having a student-led class they have they had already understood that yeah you know by the time we get there and so they really have to keep that in mind and it's true that when you're in a company too sometimes you get people who are you know tired and react really <clears throat> erratically sometimes <laughs> under because some people are under pressure yeah you know so we have to keep that in mind for any activity that we're doing if it's you know students students like in school it's basically the same thing but you might have to take into account their age and to put yourself in their shoes of how you were maybe at that age Uh, if you're dealing with 18 year olds or 16 year olds or 10 year olds it's not going to be exactly the same so something to keep in mind yeah but I think also you know anytime you get inspiration or you you basically want to kind of steal someone's idea you have to tweak it a little bit to adapt it to your classroom so I I would advise anybody listening to this even if you're not teaching in a company if you're teaching teenagers for example how can you adapt what Wanda is telling you to suit your class what can you take away and what can you add do you usually nominate a leader or do you um, get the students to to nominate the leader of the group I let the, the students do that it depends on, because I don't really talk about levels when I'm in a group. I usually talk about who feels at that time that they could do the best for the group. The person who's going to do the most, it has to be the person who's really the team leader, in a sense, that's going to consider everyone else's feelings and to lead it. And is there anything else you need to consider or, or do to kind of set the activity up that a teacher should know about? Well, just, you know, safety regulations. Because <laughs> sometimes some of the activities can be a bit wild. But yeah, I, I think about safety. Yeah. They, what <laughs> else do you do with them? <laughs> We've got some crazy things. Excellent. 
Um, well, let's get to it then. Um, yeah, what are your sort of top few activities that you love doing with your students? So it might be uh, when I'm in a company, for example, if it's a company that's automated or manufactures something, it would be a class on what they do. So they, if it's on the production floor, we're going down there. We're going to the machines from A to Z to learn how to do blank. And everybody's going to learn how to do it. Um, it's really hands-on, actually. Okay. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the last, because I, I work with startups, uh, tech startups, and um, it's true that it's important for people to to do things to build their confidence. And I think my most favorite one was when they created um, an escape game, five escape games. But it was, you know, they made the theme, all the, you know, the challenges and everything until the end. You know, it was like an escape game that lasted about an hour and a half to two hours long. It took them a month to create it. Oh, my God. Uh, but it, it was like, <laughs> it was it was really, really good. Some of them were really scary. Um, <laughs> Do you mean like an escape room? Or? No, no we, no, we said escape game because they used everything. They used outside, inside. We were in a van. It was just, there were so many things going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to use everything. Uh, we used elevators. We used uh, basements of buildings. Uh, really everything. Love it. Anything else? Although I think uh, I know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just there, there's so many different types of things, but it's true that once you can give people that chance to say, I, I can do this and I could create something, it's maybe the first time, I don't know if it's the first time in their lives, but it's maybe the first time that people trust them to do it. Uh, and that's a completely different relationship than what people know of with their teachers. You know, yeah. because teachers always seen as the authority that knows everything. Whereas here you say, you are responsible for this. What are we going to learn today? It, it changes the dynamic completely. And so you have this mutual respect, I think, that comes from these types of activities. Yeah, very empowering. Very, very empowering. Yeah. Um, we were chatting a while ago, and I'm sure you said something about a cooking class or something. Yes. Can you elaborate <laughs> yeah. on that? <laughs> well, um, yeah, that was just that. People could decide, okay, today we're going to cook this, I don't know, um, traditional meal. And uh, so we organized to make sure we had all the materials and we brought it to wherever it was. And we prepared a meal, you know, or prepared a cake or something, but be able to explain how to do it. So it meant on their part a lot of uh, preparation to find out the words, the ingredients, and things Mm. like that. But the fact of doing it together you know, was, it's, it's, people always remember, you'll never forget something like that. You know, it's, it's very memorable every single time. The cooking ones, I love the cooking ones. Yeah. It's, it's very yummy. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better when students bring in food. It's like, yes, I've landed. This is what it's all about. Um, but just, yeah, the, the again, just the enjoyment, the, for, you know, forgetting about the fact you're learning um yeah just just brilliant really really good now for class i mean there might not be the facilities to cook something but you could you could invite students to teach um 
their classmates a particular skill. Um, yes. We did salsa dancing once. Somebody mm-hmm. took um, my class, like how to, we got everybody up, standing in partners, salsa music on, and he went through the basic salsa moves. You know, like just anything like that. Do you have a skill? Can you teach it to the class? Yeah, exactly. I'm exactly. sure I'm sure a yeah. lot of students would be really and again giving them a choice if you don't want to okay fine if you're feeling up to it and you think you can do it you know bring on the challenge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meaning that also you know some people might want to do it but they might not want to lead it mm. so what you can do is have like co-captains together who are leading the activity it doesn't always have to be one person yeah mm. behind and the scenes behind the scenes says you know because Everyone has a part to play when it comes to a project. So, you know, you can't forget the people who are on the back end. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, again, when you're kind of, that's why I was asking you what, what you consider when you set up activities, because I, I would imagine that everybody needs to be assigned a particular role, mm-hmm. um, especially with yeah. younger learners, because there's always the risk of someone just sitting there doing nothing. But if they, they have something to do, it makes them feel validated mm-hmm. as well. And hopefully gives them the sort of the motivation to to do their part, especially if you're in a team as well. You have other people relying on you. Yes. Great yes, skills. Definitely. Great mm-hmm. life yes, skills. Great. Yeah, mm. definitely. Because that's what we need. We need life skills. Um, a lot of people realize, oh, we're in business and we're doing this and we need this vocabulary. I said, yeah, but can you use everyday vocabulary to begin with? <laughs> yeah. Can you make small talk at that net, that conference that you're networking at? exactly you know because i'm like oh it's always the same questions where do you live how old are you do you have children boom the conversation's dead (laughs) you know so it's it it, yeah it's definitely um it's a life-changing event but in a sense yes because you're learning how to deal people uh with respect and applying it to yourself and to others at the same time yeah, life yeah. enhancing, if you will. Ooh, I like that one. You can Ooh. take that. You can take that. I'll take that. I'll life give you that for enhancing. free. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any more? Ah, any more? She's like, give me more. Give yeah. me more. <laughs> as, Br- as Brittany said. <laughs> give me more. Give me more. Um, trying to think. Yes. Um, activities that are outside. Mm. Any activities that are outside. If you're allowed to go to a park, um, please use outside. Because nature in itself, you can go on nature walks with the class. Work on the five senses, for example. Uh, You know, if if you have the chance. And even if you're in a city, it doesn't matter. Um, You you go along the walk. um, For example, you tell them to close their eyes and ask them what they smell, what they hear, what, you know, how they feel, things like that. So people can use different types of vocabulary because we're so visual. That we forget that you have the other, you know. Um, uh, well, I know that in school when we were little, we had show and tell. But uh, the show and tell can also be uh, used in a different way where people can bring in, bring in things where you can't see them. You don't know what they are. And because, well, today you'd have to change the rules a little bit, but uh, it's, for example... Uh, we dried up um, an orange peel. And when an orange peel is dried after a couple of days, it feels like leather. So when you bring that into class, and everyone has their eyes closed, and you're trying to figure out what is in their hands, everyone has their own thing. You put it in their hands, 
they have no idea. So I said, okay, well, describe the surface. What does the surface feel like? So they'll, you know, they're not smelling it yet. They keep on touching it. They say, is it fragile? Is it this? Can you tear it apart? Can, you know, but really use the other senses. And when you tear it apart, it smells like an orange. But when you know it's an orange, some people might, you know, identify it as something else. It's really whatever, everyday things, you can really use it. Yeah, and I think that the more everyday, the better. Yeah. Really, because yeah. it's just the vocabulary relate. that you're going to use is. Yeah. Uh, I was telling this to my class this week. They're they're an academic English class, and I said it's not about learning every fancy long word you can. It's learning the same words, familiar words, but combining with other familiar words to form phrases. And this is the language that's really going to help you. So Definitely. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Do yeah. you ever get yeah. them doing a show and tell where they actually show it and go, "This is." Oh, at the end. <laughs> only at the end, you know, only at the end, because uh, in the imagination is just because what they think it is, is not it at all. Most of the times, it's not what it, they think it is. And they're like, oh, my imagination went completely, you know, someplace else. And that's what's great about it. You know, our imagination in our five senses is... It hasn't been exploited in a long time by ourselves. Meaning, yeah, yeah, it's that's and yeah, because I think a lot of us are just sort of stuck in front of a screen, you know. Um, yeah, and I love that kind of idea of um, the smelling and the hearing because you forget like a, a sound or a smell can really evoke a memory as well. It's so mm. um, you can connect all that stuff to sort of feelings and emotions and experiences yeah brilliant and yeah. it's so simple i love this it's really simple it's really <laughs> simple you know uh it's true that certain smells just be prepared can trigger certain things for some people sometimes it's good good and the bad you know but you know it's true we, we try to keep our session i call them sessions i don't call them classes um positive and sometimes there might be some things that are negative that happen, but okay, that's something that could be discussed to a certain limit because, of course, there are certain boundaries you're not supposed to go over. But, um, you know, maybe sometimes there might be something that might have to be discussed because somebody might be feeling uncomfortable or something like this. And that's also a thing that people need to be able to express that if they're in a situation and they're feeling uncomfortable, and they're speaking a foreign language, can they express that? Yeah. Extremely no. important functional language. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially, I'd say, also for maybe for young women being in certain situations. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, having that those communication skills is absolutely essential. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Having this. Oh, mm -hmm. tell me more. I'm sure you have more. <laughs> I'm going to wring you dry. <laughs> Today, girl. <laughs> but I think everyone has everyone has one that they probably tried without thinking. Yeah, that it was a student-led activity. You know, I I would suggest, or my advice would be to use your imagination. Um, watch children. Children give you the best activities in the world. <laughs> Something you might see is silly. Uh, if you do that on an adult level, we'll open up different avenues of the imagination that's, oh, I didn't know that school existed. You know, <laughs> really, really. Uh, playing with, um, I mean, Mr. Potato Head. Oh, my goodness. I really, Mr. Potato, I should be shamed. I should be shamed for Mr. Potato Head. I've used Mr. Potato Head in so many ways. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> to Mr. Potato Head. Um, 
so everybody can see Mr. Potato Head when you set him up and everything like that. But I take everything off. And then I say, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and you tell me how to put everything exactly the way it was on his head. <laughs> it's like paying the tail of the donkey kind of thing. But it's funny because it's like, oh, turn over, move forward, move back. You know, those little words that we never seem to use, you know. Yes. So really, anything that you have, you can, you know, make an activity out of it. So yeah. if someone brings something from home, it could really be anything, that they really like, for example, with that alone, you can you can go from there. I think at the very minimum, what teachers can do is, even if students are working in groups, and this is what I do, I always say, okay, choose someone to lead the session so to mm -hmm. keep the session moving because mm -hmm. sometimes it can be a bit stilted and it can stall when they're doing group work but if you've got someone going okay let's start let's move who wants to talk let's do this let's do that mm -hmm. let's move on it just the pace of the lesson just mm -hmm. keeps going well it, it's true that the pace you know can be very important but i think you know it's like when someone can't find that word just give them the time to find that word yeah, yeah, because our brains need to think, you know, we're not always a thousand miles per hour. But I understand the pace is important. But sometimes I I, I leave the silence. Sometimes I leave the silence. Because oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's realistic in a sense that they probably will be in situations where there is silence. And it's like, silence, yeah, okay, move on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think also, mm -hmm. though, if you're if you're nominating the students to lead you know there is as well as sort of teaching them the functional language they need also teach them the skills of leadership so the difference yes. between leading and dominating it's not just like barging through and going through everything and getting things done it's okay what do you do when you have a quieter student as you say give yeah. them time or ask them if they need help or anything like that but yeah um the skills of leadership and patience when leading as well but, mm -hmm. and again it just comes back to that whole thing of you're not just teaching them a language you're teaching them skills you're teaching them how yeah. to develop you're teaching them real life stuff that is going to stand them in good stead yes you know? yes that's exactly it that's it that's it so when they leave the room they're like i love when they leave the room they have a smile on their face <laughs> but uh when they leave the room they say okay I've done something. I've clicked off from where I was before and I'm here now and I'm joining this now. And I think it's important for teachers to slow down a bit as well. Like, And I'm, I'm, I can feel myself doing the typical thing I do. I've got this big, long syllabus. I've got this course book with tons of things in. I'm like, and I was panicking last week going, how am I going to fit all of this in? And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't have to. I don't have to. No. It's not no, going to no. do the students any good. Let the students choose what they want to do from the unit. Choice. And again, you know, just giving them more power and giving them more choice in the class I think is everything and I wish I'd kind of figured this out um, a longer time ago but like you said earlier I'm there now so that's the important yeah, thing that's the and important I'm, thing you're there now yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. hopefully if, if people listen to this they'll get inspired and to try sort of new things with their students which is mm -hmm. the exact reason I brought you on because I knew you would <laughs> say loads of amazing things <laughs> <laughs> well you know and and to not be afraid to do it. I think that's what it is, too. Because they're like, what if it doesn't work? So what? And so what? Just go on to the next thing. And if not, have a good laugh. Yeah. My thing is, like, remember when you first started teaching, right? You did your course. You had all this new stuff. You were trying new things. You were scared then. But you got through it. Now, imagine doing that again, but with better stuff. It's got to work in some way. It, you know, yeah. 
what lesson plan goes to to plan like second by second it doesn't something always goes wrong but you do it you try you get the students feedback you reflect tweak it you try it again yeah that's it that's, that's what exactly it. that's what it is try 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 again yeah, you know that's it. and i think they appreciate the fact that soon they say ah they're not perfect hmm. <laughs> that changes the dynamic completely yeah yeah so Absolutely. the respect of that too comes there's like oh okay that didn't work for, for her but i guess it's okay yeah it's okay yeah yeah, it's okay. yeah. Yeah. I always say to my students, this is the first time I'm doing this or I'm trying something new with you, mm-hmm. which I think they appreciate as well. You know, like you're letting them in on it. You're, you're sort of you're showing them <laughs> what's going on behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And it shows that you're a teacher who's willing to develop and try things. And, you know, so you're humanizing yourself as well. Like, yes, yes. Not a god. I just yeah. say what sometimes I say, you know, I am not the dictionary. <laughs> I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i think you do get a lot more respect for it that way because they realize ah okay you know and so when they're in a situation where things don't work out then they don't panic mm. they don't panic because they see that okay i can come back from this you know and that, that's important too because i think people are really they really criticize and judge themselves so much that it's really hard to to advance or progress and to know that okay i can make a mistake but that's okay yeah, and I think the earlier that lesson's taught, the better, you know. I mean, there's so many, I think you spend so much of your kind of young adult life being unsure of yourself and not knowing who you are. And it takes such a long time to arrive to a point when it's like, okay, I know who I am. I know it's okay to make mistakes. Blah, 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 blah. You know, um, <laughs> it does. And, and I think, you know, like we say, the, the just there's so much they can learn from you as a person to develop as yeah. a person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've solved the problems of the world, you know? Um, I think, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's good to have the problems to solve. If not, we're kind of bored, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I thank you so much, Wanda, for taking the time to talk to me. Um, where can people find you on social media if they would like to connect with you, which I'm sure they will? Huh. Oh, uh, that would be mostly on Instagram. Uh, WA Workshops with an S. Um, and uh, I also have a podcast uh, for ESL speakers and, and learners where they tell their, their stories. And so, uh, but that's with uh, Wanda's hashtag Say What Podcast, uh, where learners actually tell their stories. So that could be interesting too. But that's how you, yeah, that's how you could find me. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you once again. And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll speak very soon again. Thank you so much for inviting me, Erin. My pleasure. So, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, um, I would love you to hit that subscribe button. Everything EFL on any podcast platform that you're on. Leaving me a kind worded review on Spotify or iTunes would be very beneficial for me, too. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, everything EFL pod or podcast if you follow my everything efl page i can then invite you onto my everything efl teacher development page where i'm starting to post more videos and tips if not i'm going to be posting the same things on instagram so it's your choice just depends what uh, platform you prefer really so share the love guys bye (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is free and always will be. So if you feel like giving something back, you can do one of the following. You can subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. Spare a few minutes and write me a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Follow everything EFL on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter and engage with me and my followers. If you would like to contact me, my email is in the show notes. Finally, and most importantly, share this episode on social media and tell your colleagues. Share the love. Bye.